welcome to the Bridge the Divide podcast with Erica Turner and Heidi Wheeler, hosts and founders of the group Bridge the Divide Cedarburg. We hope to provide a forum for discussion and action around racial reconciliation. We seek to identify instances of inequality, foster empathy, and educate others to recognize their part in problems and solutions in Ozaki County and beyond. Welcome back to Bridge the Divide. Thank you all for joining us today. Sorry, I've got a little, I'm not trying to have a new fancy radio voice. I'm getting over a cold, so I've got a few extra decibels lower here as we uh, as we work through our podcast today. Um, I had a uh, an interaction with a young lady, and one of the first things that I saw that she had on was a t-shirt that said, Melanin Minds Matter. And I thought, all right. I like that. That's good. It was nice and glittery. And um, I met with her, talked with her a little bit, and then asked her if we could get her on the show and talk a little bit about those Melanin Minds Matter. Um, so this, we have a guest today, Lakeisha Russell. Thanks for joining Thank us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> it's good. I mean, we we like to bring in guests that can really get us thinking. And mm-hmm. like I said, that t-shirt, I thought, yeah, how I've, I've never heard it said like that. And that's important. And let's talk about it. So on Bridge the Divide, we like to talk about it. So um, Lakeisha is a mental health, uh, been in the mental health field for over a decade, uh, primarily working with women and children. And I'd like for you, please, to introduce yourself to our audience. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I'm excited. Um, so I am Lakeisha Russell. I am a licensed professional counselor here in the state of Wisconsin. Um, I've had the opportunity to be seen on NBC, CBS, Huffington Post, Forbes, and a host of other great publications and media outlets. Um, I'm also known as America's number one mental wellness ambassador because I'm all about us caring for our mental wellness and going beyond the traditional talks about what mental health is, what it looks like, and things like that. Um, I do have a private practice that I'm the founder of, the Evolving Chair Counseling and Consulting Agency here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which focuses primarily on services for women and children Mm -hmm. who've experienced trauma, depression, anxiety, parenting issues, like literally all women and children issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a podcast myself. I'm on a hiatus right now, the Evolving Chair Podcast, because we're doing some rebranding with it. So I'm excited. Um, so we'll be going into our fourth season of it. Um, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just excited to be here and talk about mental health. Yes. And, stuff. and I, I'd like to um, give some props to, I think it was called uh, MKE black podcasters yes. that was the the group yes. that had a they had just kind of a a meet and greet so that we could mm-hmm. meet some folks in the area that are that are um doing their thing and, yes. and so that was a good that was a good um a good networking event that we had um so are you from milwaukee i am born oh, and raised all my see? life that <laughs> work um milwaukee has um it has a reputation that we've been talking mm-hmm. about with Bridge yeah. the Divide of the most segregated area in yes. the country. Mm-hmm. What for the mental health issues of people who are born, raised, living their life through Milwaukee? What kind of um, I guess what, what can that that segregation and, and repeated? We've talked about microaggressions and experiencing yeah, racism. What can that do to a person that is just constantly under that kind of 
stress. Yeah. So we're talking about anxiety, mm-hmm. um, being triggered even from traumas that we weren't aware that we had. And I'm talking about generational trauma. Yeah. Um, just like my own personal experience working with the organization that is predominantly white. Right. Um, and so just certain things have happened within the last few months for me to be like, oh my gosh, this is a system like trying to hold me back. And so just the anxiety that I feel like every day on a daily basis going Mm -hmm. into this system Mm -hmm. and being like, okay, I got to make sure my T's are crossed and my I's are dotted. (laughs) You know, I got to be mindful of what I say, how I say it, because Mm -hmm. I don't want to be noted as the angry black woman Mm -hmm. with this chip on her shoulder. And it's like, no, that's not the case. Like these situations are inducing the, symptoms for right, me right and even um even a little more personal you know my children they go to um a predominantly white school okay and so just as of late like within this week my daughter is really feeling those microaggressions from her teacher and so talk about a parent right, right. and I'm like oh right. My right so you know seeing how that is causing anxiety for her and she's 11 right and and giving her those skills to be able to cope with that like okay how can you advocate for yourself without it seeming respectful or mm-hmm. you know you're this little black girl that just is loud and exactly Mm -hmm. causing Mm -hmm. trouble and no it's not the case right 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 and and that is when we have our conversations here because we are in the you know suburbs we've Mm -hmm. we've have a mostly white population when you're trying to explain to someone who hasn't been under that same kind of trauma for uh, Mm -hmm. from you know last couple of generations the, the 400 years of just stress and anxiety that's pushing forward and they don't quite understand it have you found a way to try to explain to people who haven't experienced it what this is like for those of us and our children that that are experiencing it I have and I'm just thinking of um the conversation I had with my um supervisor okay you know there were tears because um it was just like the build-up of the frustration right right of trying to be like you know what I'm not even gonna say anything because I don't want them to be like Keisha is always got something to say and <laughs> right, no right, I don't right. um, but explaining to her just like the little things that you might say or you might do mm-hmm. um, and how it might trigger somebody of color mm-hmm. and, and and to understand you know I'm not taking it personally but these are the things that my ancestors went through right. and so like I'm feeling like their trauma their pain right. being induced and and fluctuated by what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. So basically having the conversation with her allowed her to have a different perspective and for her to acknowledge and be like, oh my gosh, like I am so sorry, like this is happening to you that you're experiencing this. Right. And you know, I'm like, it's not a matter of looking for an apology, but how do we change the system? Right. 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 So this doesn't happen right. to the other people of color within this organization. Right. right. And so it's it was really good because even like now, like, you know, she brings up that conversation just like, okay, like how do we talk about race mm-hmm. in our field because clearly the mental health field that's right. that's you know right. and having more providers in this system that look like the clients we're right. serving right. so I'm really glad that we're starting to have more of that conversation she really understood where I was coming from when mm-hmm. we had our conversation mm-hmm. I think that's a that's a, a big deal to to be able to talk about it because stuffing it um, if you're the employer, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just pretend like it's not happening and yeah. it'll just go away. And if yes. you're the employee, you're like, this is like the 10th time. And I don't yes. know. I, I can't keep quiet anymore. Mm-hmm. Why was I quiet in the first place? I was trying not to yes. disturb the waters. Um, <laughs> and, but but then it builds up 
Yes. And then you can have the potential for an exploding and this behavior that escalated that you didn't want. You didn't want it to get to that level. Yes. But if we can have conversations about it continually, openly and honestly, then that'll keep us from hopefully having a, a big blowout where yes. then feelings are hurt and then we have to <laughs> right, repair, oh, yes. more repair. Yes. And that's honestly, that's what I'm going through right now is uh-huh. them repairing that relationship because, right, I kept quiet and I'm just like, right. well, I don't want to say anything. Right. And like, how do I say this? And then like, <laughs> it was just like a lot going on. Like the Harriet Tubman movie had just come oh, out. And hey. I was like, well, I'm not going to see that <laughs> right? because right now how I feel. <laughs> I'm going to be so rebellious and I don't want any of that. I know, I know. And we did that since you brought that up. My daughter and I went to see it together and we, and oh, oh man. Okay. Let me breathe a little bit. So it, I, I was, I was happy to go see it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm I, in one, in one, I don't know, corner of this discussion. It's, we need to have these things out front and center and yes. have the conversations. We don't need people who say, well, I haven't, I don't know what that's about. I mm. haven't talked about it in school. I didn't learn it. You don't want everybody to be there. But my daughter and I sitting in there, and I am so sure that we were the only black people mm-hmm. in a packed audience um, watching it and feeling happy that it was out. Mm-hmm. But my <laughs> word, the, the, anger the I just so it was so much and at the end where we normally are let's say hi to everybody you know this is our community we're gonna right we took off out the side door I'm like don't make I I don't want to talk to anybody I don't want you to tell me how much you liked it when I'm like did you see him say that she was like a piglet and that he owned her I mean you know it's just that all of those feelings and how do you talk about those feelings? Mm-hmm. If you and I are sitting here, I'm like, everything you're saying, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I, yep. I felt that way yesterday. Yeah, you know, but when it's when you don't have that similar experience, yeah. it's just hard to have the conversation about it and mm-hmm. get somebody to understand your perspective. Yes, that is so true. But, you know, we keep trying. Yes. <laughs> so I want you to tell me how how you came to do this work. Did Were you always thinking, I know this is my way of helping people. This is how did you get here? Yeah. So I always knew um, my end goal was to be a child psychologist. Okay. Um, And so my very first job was 14. I was at the Boys and Girls Club and I was a pal assistant. So working with five to eight year olds and just working with kids for me um, was definitely fulfilling. I'm the second oldest. It's five of us total. So, you know, exactly. (laughs) um, Taking care of my little brother and sisters. Um, And so just working with kids in general for me just gave me so much fulfillment. But then when I would see the behaviors Mm -hmm. and then I would see how like the adults would interact with the students and I'm like okay this got to be bigger than just the behavior Uh like I don't believe that they are purposefully just being naughty just to be naughty Uh and things like that like so we have to figure out that why like why are they behaving like this like what's going on Mm -hmm. and not just look at the behaviors but like look past that it's deeper and so I wanted to be that catalyst that advocate that go between to help people who work with children better understand why they're doing the things they're doing Mm -hmm. and help them and support them and being able to interact and help the students learn and just be all overall successful okay okay and and now you're doing it (laughs) that works um and you you, so we talked about the uh evolving chair Mm -hmm. how did it go from I want to do this job to I'm gonna do this for myself and 
You know, how did, how did that happen? <laughs> um, so I always knew I wanted to be my own boss. Mm-hmm. Um, just not in, not sure if I wanted to do like my own practice. Um, and what's funny, many people don't know is that my podcast actually came before my practice. Oh, okay. And so that yep, me and my um, best friend, Nadia, um, we were literally at Starbucks because it was a group of us like, we should do a podcast because we have really great conversations. That's right. That's and people right. should be in our Let you in. Let you hear it. <laughs> Yes. So we were like thinking of like our podcast names. And I was like, but you know what? I want to do something about mental health Mm -hmm. because I don't see a lot of people like me, Mm -hmm. you know, having podcasts that revolves around that. And so, you know, she was like, because I was like, you know, if people sit in my chair, things like she was like, well, what about the revolving chair? I was like, but revolving like, you know, like a revolving door, like it goes back to that starting point. I was right. like, I don't want that. Right. She's like, well, what about the evolving chair? I said, that's, that's it. it. You got it. You got it. <laughs> that's it. And so literally it started the podcast. And then I was like, you know what? I'm 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 gonna do this. Okay. I'm gonna just open up my practice and we're gonna see what happens. Okay, okay. <laughs> and and what's happened? What's happened since then? Man, so I, I, I got I got a lot of people to shout out. Um, but um I'd like to shout out to Chantel McKenzie, who is an amazing business coach in Milwaukee. Okay. She actually got me like my first clients, like my very first business coaching session with her okay. that day. Okay. She got me my clients because I was like, this is what I wanna do. I see myself doing this. She's like, okay, I got somebody I want you to meet. And, you know, introduced us. She's like, she's a therapist. She worked with kids. <laughs> Literally my first clients. It was like three of them. Okay. And so I was so excited. And then from there, it just grew. Okay. And at first I started doing in-home. So I didn't have an actual space okay. at the time. Mm-hmm. So doing in-home therapy with the kids and their families. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a couple from my church was just like, hey, we got office space for you. So I was like, okay, yes, let, let's, let me see what it looks like. Okay. And literally I've been there ever since. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. I like it. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and talk to Lakeisha about uh, what that office space has been doing for her. Welcome back. We were just talking before the break with Lakeisha about the evolving chair. And she told us about a physical space that she was able to uh, to get a hold of. So yes. what kind of things have happened and how have you grown since you've gotten your physical space? Yeah, so um, I do a lot of like web video things out of that space, okay, um, which is really amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then to just um, the practice has grown with the clients wanting the services and being able to come into the office and not necessarily have me come into their home mm-hmm. if they may not be comfortable with that. Right, right. And so, um, yeah, it's just amazing. Okay. And me being in the community, right. you know, to make my face visible in that community. So right, I really right. love that. Well, and one of the things that struck me that I just I just didn't think about it before. And I guess this is how most of the things, how we get educated, you don't think about something mm-hmm. and then a, a, a light switch is on. But one of the things that you said was, for caring for out for our community, how important it is to be able to find a therapist that looks like you. Yes. What benefit is that to a client coming in, whether they're an adult or a child? What what kind of benefit is that for them? I think um, just that initial 
connection just mm-hmm. because you wear the same skin as me on the outside. Right. And two, oftentimes we have experienced what you're going through right. just as a black woman right. or a black man mm-hmm. um, or, or a child. If, mm-hmm. For me instance, I got two children, mm-hmm. two mm-hmm. black children. And so oftentimes they're experiencing what my clients who come in that our children are experiencing. Right. And then two, um, that piece of not having to explain, right. These cultural things right. in your culture. Right. Um, because oftentimes we will we'll already know that. Right. And so there's no need for you to even hash that out and be mm-hmm. like, Oh, now mm-hmm. I got to like educate this person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and, and the the circle is pretty small in Milwaukee. I mean, how how do you are you able to get to a person of color for a therapist easily? I am. I will say I am because I think it's just growing more just for people of color, black people mm-hmm. um, to really understand the benefit of therapy in itself. Mm-hmm. And so to, you know kudos to some great directories out there one being um therapy for black girls by dr joy harden bradford who is based in atlanta and so like i'm on that directory people have found me from that way um or their their friends have found me for them off of that directory Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um community events so like the black um podcaster event um mental health events things put on by like social x and other community members and partners that i've been um i've allowed myself to have the opportunity to come and speak Mm -hmm. so people just seeing like oh wait it's people out here that look like me that actually does this work and then even for me being able to be like hey I know other black therapists Mm -hmm. you know this is their information Mm -hmm. so that's how I feel people have been coming about to get to know that there are black clinicians here Mm -hmm. in the city okay okay and and tell me a little bit about to a generational trauma we touched on that a little bit before give give us some some information about generational trauma yeah so the generational trauma um I speak a lot to is that of slavery right Mm -hmm. and so those things that um have been unhealed from our ancestors that are being passed down in our dna because of more research Mm -hmm. um that the trauma is being passed down so we're talking that generational piece Mm -hmm. that we're we are experiencing different things and and it might not even be a situation we're going through but something in us starts to rise up and evoke those emotions and then it's like aha that aha moment like ooh, you know my mama never healed from this or you know her mama never healed from this Mm -hmm. and then our ancestors never healed from this Mm -hmm. so now it's being passed down to me Mm -hmm. and it's invoking these emotions in me and do I want to pass that down to my kids right right. probably not so let me do the work to Mm -hmm. heal that so it it doesn't continue to be passed down Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then when you combine that like we said with current day racism Mm -hmm. not not only individual acts of bigotry on what you said to me or you know something individual that I had with a person but systemically if Mm -hmm. if we're if we're in this area and we are the recipients I was gonna say beneficiaries that's not that's not a benefit (laughs) no if we're the recipients of this this institutional systemic thing that just it's just it's here it's like Mm. a black cloud over all of us and only some of us seem to feel it where others can just kind of go about their lives like, well, there's nothing. No, things are going well. Mm. Oh, I feel this. It's, you know, it's kind of all yeah. over all of us. And how do you talk about, how do you peel that away to talk about how that feels and whose responsibility it is to act on it, to help change it? 
Yeah, that's a very great question. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know. Right. And I think just in these formats, whether people are coming on podcasts and having those real conversations like you do on your podcast, um, not being afraid to shy away from those hard, tough conversations. Um, One counselor that I used to work with used to always say I love having courageous conversations with people Mm -hmm. and so I use that term a lot because you know tough hard conversations it always seems like ooh, this might be a bit punitive but if we're courageous conversation because we are being brave enough to share and be vulnerable and so I think it goes back to people wanting to be vulnerable and to share their truth Mm -hmm. Um, and and the other person on the receiving end who's hearing that and internalizing it not to take it personally but mm-hmm. just listen mm-hmm. and and listen for those things of okay what can I do whether it be you sharing with your kids mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um what injustices are going on in the world mm-hmm. um how to advocate for others that aren't like you mm-hmm. so it, 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 it I really say it starts with that individual for them really wanting to take up that torch and just being the one to kind of like plant the seeds within their family because if you started with your family it'll continue to grow right right yeah I agree I agree um the we always talk about with with physical health I'm a a nurse and Mm -hmm. with mental health we we want to kind of act react to what we've seen that's already happened what do we do for or what can you advise for things to, for preventative things what what things do we need to do to put in place to prevent our our community members from having to struggle through this in the future we've talked about the children what things can you put in place to kind of some education or something to prevent having so many things to struggle through Mm, that is such a great question. Um, I don't necessarily know if any like um, magic right. pieces of things <laughs> I would that like can the kind magic, of prevent please. us from experiencing things, <laughs> mm-hmm. but maybe it's how we respond to them mm-hmm. that I can speak more so to, I feel like, to help people. Okay. And those things is having that person you can talk to. Okay. So whether that be a therapist or a family member um, about what you're going through, but I always caution people when it's like family members or friends, cause you don't want to overload them either. Right. True. And they True. have their own stuff. And now they're like carrying your stuff right. versus right. a therapist. That's what they are taught to do (laughs) Um, is is carry that stuff and help guide you to navigate you to whatever solutions need be Um, setting those boundaries and those limits. Like if you are in that space where you're like, you know what? I just need a break right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like we can't have this conversation. Mm -hmm. It's so okay to say that Mm -hmm. you have every right to take your time out to regroup. Because again, going back to that piece of you don't want it to get so bad to now where you're exploding. Right. 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 So being able to kind of like fume some of that stuff out. Okay. And don't just let it pile on. And then now you're a volcano. Right. And that small little thing is causing you to erupt all this hot lava out of places. Right. Are, are there things that, I mean, children are in, most children are in school eight mm-hmm. hours a day. Yeah. Are there things that you could, um, I don't know, educate teachers on what to do, what how to help in their classrooms with children who are going through some of the, not necessarily, a, I can point my finger on this traumatic mm-hmm. event, but just overall, what can our teachers do to 
help our students through it? Yeah, that's a great, great question because I feel like I see now more articles about teachers leaving the profession. Right, and we can't like handle this. We weren't of, trained for this. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm like, teachers got to be like the social workers, the counselors, like everything yep. like that. Right. And so what I definitely encourage teachers now is that being mindful of like your own stuff mm-hmm. too. So because sure. sometimes a kid's behavior can trigger you and now you're like lashing out at that kid. Uh-huh. So being mindful about the stuff that you have going on and and being able to really put it aside Mm -hmm. when you walk into that classroom like I know people hate probably saying that but it's like no we when we walk into these schools these classrooms like these kids are already carrying so much in their backpacks that we don't need to add to that so we really have to learn to put our stuff aside so we can tend to them Mm -hmm. and so um, providing like those safe spaces allow those kids to know that they can trust you build that relationship Mm -hmm. because oftentimes we want to correct kids and and the teachers don't have a relationship right. with them. Right. It's okay to build a relationship with your students. Mm-hmm. Like in those morning meetings, how did your night go last night? What are you looking forward to this weekend? Like have those genuine conversations to show them that you really care. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and then continue to build those safe spaces to allow them to know that you are here for them. Right. So showing them ways to be able to calm themselves down to self-regulate their own bodies. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's you all are doing a, a meditation for like two or three minutes, mm-hmm. something really quick Mm -hmm. um, for them to catch on to Um, so just something interactive for them to help regulate their bodies but again teachers putting their stuff aside but then seeking the outside support that they need to help right um, support them with their stuff going on right we're not going to just grit standing there and just kind of grit and bear it and you can you can deflect it it'll be fine exactly (laughs) and building that relationship and being genuine with that too to let the student know that you're there that you care for them Mm -hmm. and really building that partnership not just with the student but with the parent too because your parent is your best ally your advocate they know their kids better than anybody right right that's right bring the parents in there and not only when there is something punitive you know share the good things don't just call the parents when little jimmy is always doing this or doing that but call them be like hey you know what he had a great day or you know his morning was a little rough but this afternoon he turned it around yeah yeah I like that. All righty. We're going to go over to another quick break and we'll be right back. back again with Lakeisha um for the evolving chair that was uh, our last little bit of the conversation before what happens next for evolving chair do you have any plans either for a podcast or for business what kind of plans do you have yeah so um the podcast will be coming back soon for its fourth season so i'm excited just doing some rebranding um and like i shared at the black um podcasters meetup Mm -hmm. the name will no longer be the evolving chair podcast but melanin minds matter podcast i like melanin minds matter i tell (laughs) you I like that one. That was a good one. Yes. So people can get caught up on the past sessions anywhere that they stream their podcast. Okay. Okay. Yes. Um, For you personally, what kind of 
growth. I don't know how how professional development works in the yeah. the uh, mental health field or what kind of growth and things would you like to learn and do personally for you? Yeah, so definitely um, I love speaking. Okay. So I have some speaking engagements coming up that I'm really excited about. So continue um, speaking just about the importance of mental health and mm. having people understand the difference between mental health, mental illness, mm-hmm. um, and the importance of parents taking care of their own mental health and helping their children take care of theirs. Mm-hmm. So just really educating my community and beyond mm-hmm. just on the importance of everything mental health wise. And I would say it in the community, at least from, from where I grew up, because I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not living in a black community now. Um, but it's not something that you talk about very much. It's a, yeah. again, if you were, stronger if you went to church Mm. more if you you could just do those things and have that (laughs) grit then you could just push on so it it really isn't a conversation that I that I had heard a lot in the black community so I hear it a lot now and I thought okay well this has got to be getting us to a better place that we can even talk about how to take care of ourselves yes definitely I'm excited for that like all the celebrities and people with um, a platform that has opened up that conversation more I think to just within our community of the importance of it right right it's really good right it's good it's good um for your speaking so Give us some information on how we find you for yeah. either for speaking events or if there is somebody that's looking for a therapist. How do we how do we find you? Yeah, so um, definitely people can connect with me by going to my website at www.theevolvingchair.com. I'm, I'm on social media. So whether it's Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, um, you can look up Lakeisha LPC. So that's L-A-K-I-E-S-H-A-L-P-C. Um, and that's on all the social media platforms or you can look up the evolving chair on all social media platforms as well right and you gotta jump out there and listen to some of the old how many old um episodes do you have i can't remember offhand because i broke them down into seasons but it's three seasons three seasons go ahead and take a listen to those so you can be prepped and ready for when the the new ones come out um so this is this is your chance to you're coming out to to speak to us on bridge the divide podcast what what things do you wish either everybody knew or that everybody could hear? And this is your chance to kind of let people know what what is it that you'd like to share? Mm, that's good. That trauma impacts how we perceive experiences. So meaning that when we encounter somebody and their behavior might seem out of the norm Mm -hmm. or not age appropriate instead of asking what's wrong with them like what happened to them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like that question because you you don't know and and how are you gonna know until you ask you Mm -hmm. can't assume things I like that yeah I like that That'll work. Well, hopefully we will get some folks that are um, taking a listen to this podcast and either realize some things they hadn't thought about before or find out that there is a network of um, what you had one for therapy for black girls. Yes. And and how how to kind of reach that that they can reach out and. 
there's an opportunity. There isn't, everything isn't going to be punitive. It's not things in the dark that we can't talk about. Exactly. We can take things out here into the light and, and help ourselves and be good to ourselves. Yes. And people are always more than welcome to like shoot me an email or something. Mm -hmm. Um, If they're looking for a therapist, because people do it all the time. So I don't mind helping Mm -hmm. connect people to the right therapist that would be good for them. So Mm -hmm. thank you so very much for coming out here and joining us. Everybody keep their ears open for uh, Melanin Minds Matter. And we'll take some of this information that Lakeisha's given us and put it in our show notes so you can reference that later. And um, again, thank you very much for coming out. It's a pretty cold day. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. We'll talk to y'all later, Bridge Community.